0: what's up everybody panos from puck empire here um it's been a while it's been a minute uh our last podcast was in august and now we're at january 9th 2023 but we are going to try and you know if if this episode goes up that means we're going to try and start doing it weekly if it doesn't go up you'll never hear this anyways but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so uh, it's just me and kevin we're not going to go with a joke anymore for now, but he might join us, I guess, later on in the months coming maybe. But yeah, Kevin. Yeah.
1: yeah. And a quick, quick shout out to Joe who's, uh, kind of working on his own brand, uh, investing in himself, uh, doing his practicum. Definitely valid reason. So, uh, best of luck to Joe there. Well, we do, we do like to poke fun at him. a bit Yeah. For he, he, well. he killed the pod. Yeah. Joe, you'll, you'll never escape that. You killed the pod. <laughs> 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 All right how should we start this
0: um so we're just gonna jump right into it like obviously as i said it's been a while we're actually halfway through the season in the nhl basically so we can just kind of go through each division i guess and talk about basically every team like we're just gonna gonna recap what has happened in the nhl so far since our last episode well let's start with the atlantic which is probably it was the most hyped up division coming into the season um do you think that they've Exceeded expectations, or have they kind of been lower than what the expectations were? Of the teams in the Atlantic.
1: Well, kind of, kind of in the middle. <laughs> They're getting that division's getting carried by the Bruins. Yeah, absolutely unreal. Nobody saw this coming. If you say you saw this coming, you're lying. The way they had Marchand out and McAvoy out, and the uncertainty with Bergeron at the time. Uh in the offseason nobody saw them being 32 4 and 4 at the 40 game mark. Yeah, just I crazy. Had,
0: I had them at 23rd and Bruins fans are always just coming at me for that. I even said it before we started recording, I said Bruins fans have been coming at me for that. Um, but like, as I said, I had this team as one of my cup contenders, if they could just be healthy. Like I said, if they just survived around 500 until they got Marshawn and McAvoy back, which originally was supposed to be in December, uh, they got them back in like November. So they got them back a month before. Uh, I said if they could just stay 500, they would be a playoff team. And they obviously stayed way above 500, and they are a cup contender for me for sure. And they were if they were healthy in the offseason. So I'm not, like, surprised, but I am surprised with how insane they've been. Like, they are they have potential to break the record for most wins in a season, which is just crazy.
1: 32-4-4, man. That's crazy. What's their home record? I actually – I know it's something insane. Like, they only – do they even have a regulation loss at home right now? I, I don't think so. I don't think well, they do. Hof- hopefully we're not wrong on that, but even if they do, it's maybe one. <laughs> who, who knows? Moving on to the Maple Leafs, how, what do you think of their season so far?
0: Uh, I think they started off with a lot of struggles on the season. Like, obviously, that first game of the season, uh, they lose to Montreal, and then, you know, they, they kind of went on a little slump at the start of the season. But ever since, I think, like, the first 10 games of the season they've just been on a tear like they've been one of the best teams in the league they are a cup contender with the way they're playing um the last two weeks they've been a little sluggish again um with the addition of morgan riley he's his offensive has, he's helped more offensively but they've kind of taken a step defensively which is what he does when he's playing on the blue line uh but the team is good like their top six is really good they have a good goaltending tandem right now and, um, yeah, I think if they can add a couple of depth pieces to their lineup, they can also make a run for the cup. potentially. I know people are going to chirp because it's the Leafs, but they have the good enough roster on paper, and they've been playing good, so,
1: yeah, i I agree. Uh, I will say I do think Morgan Riley's impact is blown out of proportion. Like, <laughs> I, I, he's he's getting a little overhated. like even even when he was out of the lineup, they were I think they were statistically worse at defense actually it's just they got really good goaltending and now that goaltending is kind of having a little bit of a a little bit of a stretch right now which is why it's being so exaggerated but i will say i think morgan riley's being a little bit overhated right now
0: i can't forgive him for that first game where he just kind of ruined murray's save percentage right off the bat (laughs) Uh, he's kind of he's kind of on my naughty list after that
1: oh it's personal (laughs) But no, I agree with you. They have, uh, obviously, the core four is doing really well. Nylander's having a fantastic season. Uh, Marner will get into that a little bit later. But yeah, definitely a cup contender if they can add a few more depth uh, pieces.
0: Yeah, so we've got Tampa next at three in the Atlantic. And I mean, they just, they're like never going to be bad. They're just always going to be a top three team in the Atlantic. They are a cup contender once again, I would say. Like Kucherov has been insane. Um, Sam Coast has been insane. He started off like as a heart candidate to start the season, he's slowing down a bit, but still over point per game. Uh, point has been really good. Hagel has 31 and 38, which is crazy. So, they've got a really good team down in Tampa as well. And even without Vasilevsky playing like elite, he's still got a 920. But, like by Vasilevsky standards, I'm talking about, like they are a cup contender once again.
1: Yeah, for sure. I uh definitely agree. I will say one player that's kind of taken a step back. Uh, for his standards, is Victor Hedman. But I'm sure, you know, he's he's a great defenseman. Come on, he'll bounce back or uh, find his game, uh, however long that may take, maybe in the playoffs. And it is important to note as well that they've been missing Anthony Sorelli for a large chunk of the season. Of course, they got him back fairly recently. Yeah, that's a huge addition to that lineup. And they're still definitely a cup contender, no doubt about it.
0: And they always just have like depth guys who just step up, like Nick Perbecks, bro. Who is this guy? He just steps up and immediately is like a very <laughs> defenseman for them, like out of nowhere. He just replaces right. Yondu, and he's just been insane.
1: Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I don't know where they get these guys. <laughs> it's very uh, funny. And that that um, line with Maroon and Perry is still, still going hard. Still yeah, still going hard. Um. So yeah, that's the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, and moving on is the Buffalo Sabres, which have been, to say the least, a fun team. Uh, What do you think of their performance so far this year?
0: They are definitely a fun team. I mean, I wouldn't say it's the best hockey for a coach. Like Their coach probably doesn't like the way they play, but for a fan, they play fun hockey. Like There's always stuff going on, usually, in their games. A lot of offense from both sides, because their defensive game has been a little weak. I don't see them as a team that's really a threat, even in the playoffs, if they do end up making the playoffs. But, like, with their offense, it's just fun to watch in the regular season. Like, you've got guys like Tage Thompson and Rasmus Dahlin having career years right now. Like, Tage is probably contending for the heart, and Dahlin's probably contending for the North. So, two guys there who are the best in their positions this season, they've been really good.
1: Now, now that's the question. Is this the year that they make the playoffs? They are uh, four points out of a wild card too at the current moment, eight two and zero in their last ten games. Could this be the year for the Buffalo Sabers?
0: I don't think it is. I hate to be the the down guy on the Sabers. It'd be fun to see them make that run, and I like the Sabers as a team. But I think the Metro will take both spots in the in the wild card.
1: I agree. Yeah, I think um, I just don't see them uh, finishing higher than. The Rangers or the Penguins, um, even the Capitals. Now that they got uh, Wilson back in that lineup and even Backstrom, so yeah, I I, uh, I have to agree with that. It would be really fun. It would be awesome to see them make it. It'd be great for their fans, but I think it'll be another year waiting for the Buffalo Sabers.
0: But even if they don't make the playoffs, like it's a good building block for them just to not be dead last in the NHL. Like be up oh on yeah. Either like they're all gonna be contending for a playoff spot come March, so that's an improvement for them and probably one of the best seasons they've seen in a long time. So,
1: yeah, and um, I think from what I see, I think they are first in the league in goals for, or not first, but um, maybe top three. Either way, they're they're up there in goals yeah, for. they they're second. Second, yeah, second in the league in goals for that. Sabres fans can't be complaining about the offense they're seeing right now. That's just very fun to watch. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts on the Sabres or should we move on to the uh, Florida Panthers?
0: Yeah, let's move on to Florida because they are an interesting team. I mean, I knew they were going to take a step back. I had them at the Wild Card two spot. It doesn't look like they're even going to get into the playoffs as of right now. And I'm not too surprised. Like, this team on paper isn't really good. Like, they lost Huberto, lost Giroux, lost um, Mason Marchmont, lost Weger. Yeah. yeah, those are a lot of really good players to lose. Like, they're. Ta- I really like their first line with Kachuk and Barkov. But even then, Barkov has struggled to get into games at some points. Like, he's kind of missed, like, here and there. Like, I think he's missed 10, 12 games this season. So it's hard to kind of build chemistry if you're Matthew Kachuk as well when your one C is out, like he's missing games left and right, right?
1: Yeah. You also have to remember they're they've been without Duclair this entire season as well so far, which is a huge loss. He's solid piece in that top six. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to expand on Matthew Kachuk a little bit, who's still having a great season. Uh, I will admit, I definitely thought he would take a step back, but so far he is absolutely dominating. He's He's fitting in very well very well on that for the team. so um I guess that is a, a bright spot for the Panthers, Matthew kachuk, but if you if you look at their decor on paper, we even said this in our prior uh episode if you look at their decor, it's not a playoff decor. it's very weak. They had Ekblad out for uh some time. It just yeah, I I, I wouldn't say I'm very surprised at their position right now.
0: Yeah, their decor is weak on paper, but the thing that's kind of weird is that their decor is weak on paper, but like Montour and Forsling have been really good, actually, for some reason. I don't know why, but Montour has 32 and 39, and Forsling has 26 and 41. Obviously, those are great offensive, but their problem isn't the offense, it's the defense, which is what we're talking about. So their decor on paper is bad. On ice, it's bad defensively, but I I don't know. There's a kind of some surprises there to me with Forzing and Montour being able to give some more offense, uh, which makes up for the depth that they lost on forward. But obviously, their defense is just not really good whatsoever. So,
1: I will say I will say I completely forgot about Brandon Montour having that good of a year uh, offensively at least. And you also have to consider Paul Murray, So I mean, um, probably. Probably not the best coach for this team. Um, and you can see very leaky defensively. I I believe the Jets had this problem too, but Hellebuck was there to bail them out. So yeah, we kind of see this in Florida's game. Uh, a little bit leaky defensively. They're pretty mid-record. Um, might not even make the playoffs. So we'll see how that ends up. Yeah. Next team is the Detroit Red Wings, uh, 16-15-7.
0: I had them around this spot. I know a lot of fans are probably a little frustrated, like Detroit fans, because they were expecting to take a big step forward with all the money they spent. I didn't think they were going to be a playoff team right off the bat. I had them missing the playoffs. But, um, yeah, this is around where I had Detroit, and this is fine, honestly. With how many years they've missed the playoffs in a row, it's good to see that they're at least not rebuilding anymore. Like, they're kind of in the spot where they can contend for a wildcard spot. Um, and, yeah, it's just the thing is now for Detroit, the question is, um are you gonna be able to keep Dylan Larkin? Because if you lose Dylan Larkin, you're probably right back into a rebuild again. Um he's your one C and I don't know exactly how they're gonna replace him immediately. They have Marco Casper as one of their prospects, but he's not gonna be in the NHL for probably three more years, I would say. So for Detroit, that's the question, is just you gotta get Larkin signed. And if you get Larkin signed, I think they will be better than what they have been this
1: year. You're right. Uh it's definitely a step forward. They gotta get there. Uh, contracts figured out. It doesn't really help that they gave big money to, to guys like Huso, uh, Sherratt, uh, uh arguably Cop, because now they obviously have the risk of losing their young one seed. Um, but, yeah, that's mainly my thoughts. Any any other thoughts on the Red Wings? No, that's
0: about it. But the Ottawa Senators are next, and I have a ton of thoughts on them. because
1: Oh, this is a fun one.
0: Yeah, they have just completely let down their fan base, I feel like, this season with how they've played. And it's it's like it's weird because when you look at their stats, their top six forward core is again really good. Like they've got Brady Kachuk, who's over point per game, Stutzel's over point per game, Batherson's around there, De Brinkett's around there, and Giroud's around there. Um, but they haven't been playing good and it's just kind of hard to figure out like what else they can do because with Ottawa, like they, what are they going to do on defense? You can't do much on defense when you have Zaitsev, who's already being paid a ton. And, you know, they, they don't really have the cap space to make, like, a big move for a defenseman right now. Um, So I'm just kind of wondering what Ottawa's going to do around this deadline, because I think they do want to make the playoffs right now. They don't want to just pack it in and miss the playoffs and, you know, hope for a good pick this year. Like, they're done with the rebuild. They want to start winning. But I just don't know what they can do to to win at this point.
1: You're spot on when you said it's a big letdown for the fans. So much, I'd say there's there's a, definitely a lot of expectations for the Senators coming into the season. I don't even think they're playing meaningful hockey right now. I'll I will eat a shoe if they sneak into the playoffs. I keep I'll keep my word. But like you said, very very disappointing for the Sens fans that kind of just have to watch more meaningless hockey as they've done in the last like how many years has it been? It's been like since five years. Yeah, yeah, like five, five, six years. Just um huge letdown. Uh doesn't help that Norris has been out for a long, long time. Some people did see this coming, the way uh their defense is set up. Their right side is very weak. So to some people, it may not be a huge surprise, but uh given that top six group and some four depth, like Tyler Mott and um math or yeah, Matthew Joseph. Uh I thought they'd be I thought they'd be in a better position. And uh even Pinto's having a good year. So uh if you consider that it's kind of it's a letdown. It is a letdown that they are in the position they are in.
0: Yeah. And uh it's just I honestly didn't think their defense was gonna be as bad as it was. Like I know a lot of people were already hating on it in the off season. But I, when I saw it, I thought that Sanderson and Shabbat and Zub would be able to outweigh the negatives on that defensive core. And I also just didn't think that Zaitsev was as bad as people were saying. I just thought he was very, very overpaid, but I didn't think he was bad for, like, a third-pairing role. I was obviously very wrong because he has been bad. Um, and, yeah, you've also got guys like Hamannick, who doesn't help. Holden has been, like, inconsistent. And then, like, Brandstrom is just, like... I don't know what Branstrom's going to be considering he's an offensive defenseman and he hasn't scored a single point since November 19th. I think it's time to give up on that experiment there in Ottawa as well. It's just, it might be too late for them in this season at this point to make a move that can like improve their on ice play.
1: Yeah. And I do think uh, some of it does have to do with DJ Smith. Um, I don't know if he's suitable to be a head coach. Especially when you have a top six like that, you have Shabbat, so it's it's um yeah let let down, like you said, uh moving on to the Montreal canadiens, I don't really have much to say, my expectations are uh they were there, yeah, I
0: didn't have anything. <laughs> <laughs> Montreal, like i didn't i didn't expect them to do anything at all but i will say their hot start to the season gave me a little hope for a playoff run just because i really like montreal now ever since i've been to the city they got a nice fan base the team is exciting and young but i i thought when they got off to a hot start that maybe they could do something but they're playing back to what the expectations were at the start of the season they're very bad defensively not much goaltending and um they are very inconsistent offensively, which is, you know, what happens when you have a relatively young core. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, no, the only thing I have to say about Montreal is i um, going to let out a little bit of Albanian patriotism here, like the Albanian I am. Uh, shout out to Harbour Um Just <laughs> it's just a really <laughs> fun story. Uh, fucking badass player. Just got his jersey. Just because you know Albanian representation. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it for got uh, for Christmas. I uh, can't can't go wrong with getting the jersey of an Albanian. I just think it's so cool. Yeah. Um, finally, finally, I have like a little bit of representation, even though it's even though it's only um, one of his parents, but that's still enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all the uh, thoughts I have about that. Uh, I guess that's that's. Um... That's it for the Atlantic Division. Uh next is the Metropolitan.
0: Yeah, I'm with the Metro. Uh they have Carolina who was my prediction to make it out the East and they still are. They started off a little inconsistent for me, but like this team is just kind of they are still kind of inconsistent if I'm being honest because uh they just lost to Nashville, they just lost to Columbus. Um you know they struggle sometimes against some weaker teams but i feel like they've been dominating against any good team which is good news for them because there's not going to be any weak teams in the playoffs it's all going to be good teams and they've been good against them so um and yeah they've got a sick team on paper like they've just got like i don't see any holes really in carolina's team other than maybe inconsistency at goaltending just because Coach Chetkov is very young I don't know if you want him starting in the playoffs, but I mean he's he's been amazing so far. So
1: Yeah, and they just added Max Pacioretty, who is yeah. uh just came out of a two goal game, I believe. Yeah, he did. Yeah, so that's the they got that sniper in their lineup now. And
0: could you yeah. imagine if they added Bo Horvat as well, which they're probably gonna be in the market for Bo Horvat? That'd be just insane.
1: That would be. that would, uh, <laughs> they'd have a fantastic center core if they uh managed to add him it's it's kind of funny though the way uh <laughs> stefan nason has been producing on that team right now <laughs> i
0: saw that a few years <laughs> what the hell this guy's like he's doing good for some reason
1: yeah oh my god that's funny yeah next next we'll move on to a team that had a very hot start well actually no that had, <laughs> had a tough start got very hot and have kind of been sort of mediocre in the last 10 games-ish, maybe a little bit more, the uh, New Jersey Devils.
0: Yeah, the way that the Devils have
1: been playing these
0: last few weeks are basically what I actually expected from them to start the season, which I expected them to be like a solid team, kind of inconsistent because of their young players. And I didn't expect them to be like a definitive playoff team, but I I thought that they would be battling for a wildcard spot. Um, they're probably not going to be a wildcard team. They're probably going to be a team in the top three in the Metro, but I just don't know if this team will be able to do much in the playoffs just because of their, their, uh, not inconsistency, but they're, um, um, they're very young. They have no experience with this type of stuff. A lot of their guys haven't played meaningful games in their careers yet. So that's a little worrisome, but I mean, they've been doing good. They've exceeded expectations just based off of their record solely. So, I mean, yeah.
1: I could be wrong, but um, I feel like I've seen that the Devils game is very rush-based. I don't know if you've uh, seen the same. Um, I
0: honestly haven't watched them as much as other teams yeah. could say if they were like if they are playing like that every game. But I have noticed that they do that a lot just because of their, they have a lot of speed, which is why yeah. they
1: usually do that. Yeah, this is this is another fun team. Yeah, uh, but like you said, it's very uncertain how it will translate into the playoffs. Uh, I do think their goaltending is still a question mark, but yeah, is Vitek? We'll see. Yeah,
0: he's been like just he's been solid, but is he going to be that guy in the playoffs again? We've seen Vitek Vanacek put up solid results, and then come playoff time for Washington, he wasn't really like doing much whenever he got to step up to the plate. So.
1: Yeah, we'll definitely see. I do think that inexperience is a disadvantage, um, which we can't say about the Washington Capitals, who are a very experienced team, just got back uh, Nicholas Backstrom and Tom Wilson, 23-14-6. Uh, How do we feel about them? Yeah, I mean, I I
0: thought they were going to be better than what people were saying about them in the off season, and they've been they've been that, so that's good. I mean, Ovi's chasing the record, he's going to get that record probably either late next season or, I mean, either late next season or sometime early in the season after that. So he's chasing that. Kuznetsov has been good, the addition of Strom has been really big for them, and then, yeah, they just added uh tom wilson and, and nicholas backstrom so that team is really good and then darcy kemper has been he's been good like he's been silently good i mean a lot of people are kind of chirping that signing he's got a 920 so that's been i'm good.
1: still chirping that signing
0: i am too because the long term long <laughs> term yeah. you know i'm not very high on darcy kemper oh, yeah. but yeah, definitely but he's
1: been good this season so i've got to give that to him yeah got to give him credit for that 920 um, yeah, they, they've they been you know very good recently, 7 1 and 2 in the last 10. Um, and I think that's without John Carlson, too. I was
0: just about to say that, yeah,
1: he's been yeah. out a
0: few games since just before Christmas.
1: Yeah, and it's funny because Eric Gustafson has taken that role, he's been absolutely unreal recently.
0: Oh my god, bro, he has 25 and 42.
1: He's he's going back to his Chicago days right now. That's crazy. Yeah, that, that one season, yeah, just <laughs> absolute insanity. Um, So, yeah, a uh, very experienced team, can do some damage in the playoffs, but do you think the New York Rangers can do damage in the playoffs as well, if they I, make it? I
0: do think that they will make it, and I do think that they can do damage. They've got one of the best goaltenders in the NHL. They've got a bunch of really solid, talented players, Panarin, Zibinijad. Fox is probably contending for a Norris again. Kreider hasn't been nearly as good as last year, but he's still doing solid for a top six forward. And then, you know, you got Trocek as well. And they just need to get Lafreniere going because I think Lafreniere has a lot more to show for us. But, I mean, 18 and 40 for a first overall pick, three years removed is just not enough right now. He's got to be better. Uh, but I feel like he also hasn't really gotten the opportunity. So that's why I'm saying Gerard Gallant needs to give him some more opportunities to shine because the Rangers realistically should be a playoff team. You have no harm in playing him top six minutes to get him ready for the playoffs because he has the potential to be a game changer for you in the playoffs. We saw it last year he was doing stuff in the, the last playoffs that just happened. The young core of Heedle and Lafreniere, they were doing a ton. So you have to get him some confidence going before the playoffs start.
1: Yeah, I uh, I don't really have anything to add on other than the LaFreniere situation is is very uh, is very intriguing. Uh, I think we'll go into it more in the next episode if we talk about uh, trade chips and uh, kind of some rumors, trade rumors. Uh, obviously, that's not suggesting that they will or I think they will, but it's kind of been floating around recently. Um, but yeah, I agree. Definitely has a lot more to show for. Moving on to the Pittsburgh Penguins who are twenty thirteen and 6, should be a playoff team. They've what been do think?
0: very inconsistent, which is the problem with the Penguins. Like I'm pretty sure they were on like I don't know, I'm not going to say this as a fact, but I feel like they've been on like a seven-game losing streak and a seven-game winning streak this season. Like I feel like that's something that has happened. They just they they're so inconsistent. Like they go winning games a bunch and they lose a bunch like if they waste this year, because I do think that they have the potential to make a deep playoff run. If they don't even make the playoffs and give Crosby a chance with the year he's having, like he's got 47 points in 39 games, he could hit 100 points this year, um, which we thought we thought we we thought we saw the last of 100 points in D. Crosby. He could do that this season. If they don't make the playoffs with that, that's that's a year wasted for his very minimal career left that he has. Um so they have to do it like they they I think if they make the playoffs they can very much make a run even to the finals and even win the cup but like are they even going to have the opportunity to do that because the east is very very tight right now and they have been losing way too many games that they should be winning
1: Yeah I'll just I'll leave it at that I uh not not too knowledgeable about the Pittsburgh Penguins
0: You're a big Western Conference
1: guy. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big Western Conference guy uh not too familiar with most of the east teams. But um yeah, I'll just I'll leave that to you. I'll also let you go off about the New York Islanders.
0: I don't really have much to say about the Islanders. To be honest, oh. <laughs> I'll
1: let you go they're off like, about the it, Philadelphia Flyers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Islanders. Like, I don't want to say any disrespect to their fans, but like, I don't think they're anything like out of the ordinary this year. They're just going to be a team that's fighting for Wild wildcard spot. If they make it, I don't think they'll do much in the playoffs. But I mean, it's an improvement from last year, so that's that's all I can really say. And Sorokin is showing he's a top caliber goaltender in the NHL this year.
1: I did say I uh, I watched them when they came came to Calgary. Uh, very very boring game. <laughs> uh, yeah, they just look they look fairly mid. Nothing really to say. Uh, yeah, a fun team this season for not so good reasons has been the Philadelphia Flyers. <laughs> what do you have to say about them? I mean,
0: they've they've been bad, but I feel like even with how bad they've been, they've exceeded expectations. Because this team should be like a fucking bottom feeder, bro. They should be like battling for Bedard. And realistically, they've probably played themselves out of Bedard at this point because of how many games they've won. They've won sixteen of their first forty-one games, which is probably too much to win it, to get Bedard at this point, um, which makes their fans probably a little angry. Um, this team was never <laughs> going to playoffs, but like they're they're playing themselves out of the Bedard race, which is crazy. Because like, why would you do that? Why would they build this team
1: like it's this? A, it's the Flyers cycle of mid. Yeah,
0: I mean we even said it in the uh, off season in one of the podcast episodes. So
1: yeah, yeah, we we, we did say that, <laughs> and uh, look like where we are. I mean, it's not getting any better right now. Yeah, <laughs> so that's pretty funny. Um, ooh, now we got the team in Ohio.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Columbus it's probably worse than I expected. I didn't think they would be a playoff team, but I thought they'd be around wildcard range and they're 12 and 27. I mean, it's good that they're not around wildcard range because they could realistically win the Bedard sweepstakes, which would be big for them. Even if they Age. don't get Bedard, even if they don't get Bedard, though, they're getting like Fantili or they're getting Leo Carlson or Cobb or someone like that. So, they'll be fine in the next few years. Columbus would probably be one of the top teams in the East. Um, in a few years' time, but yeah, they ha- they're nothing special this year, and a ton of injuries as well.
1: There's still lots of time left, um, especially for a player inconsistent as Lion A, but uh, my take that he's scoring <laughs> under 40 is so far aging well, but he has missed some time, so that's kind of unlucky, but you know what? Stats are stats. Nothing he has missed lie. Time,
0: but even without the time miss, he has nine goals in 24 games. That's bad for him.
1: Wow, I wonder who that who saw that coming. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am just playing around. I also had some horrendous takes, but I will I will take the wins when I can get them. So let's let's move on to a conference I'm a little bit more familiar with. Uh, we'll start with the Central Division. Uh, in first place is the Dallas Stars.
0: Yeah, Dallas is finally actually fun to watch uh, for the first time in a long time that I can remember. Um, you know, led by Jason Robertson and Jake Unger. Probably their two best young stars. They're both having tremendous years. And you got, you got guys like Hintz, Pavelski, uh, Jamie Benz having a re- resurgence year. And I think Heiskanen has been one of the top defensemen in the NHL this year. So Dallas is very much a contender this year. They could very much win the Stanley Cup. Um, And yeah, they're fun to watch finally, which is good for Texas hockey at least.
1: This is a take I was wrong about. <laughs> this is a take I was wrong about. I thought they were... uh mediocre team coming into the season i there's no way i saw them being first in the central right now absolutely no way especially after what i saw in the playoffs from them i was like no i think this team is kind of kind of uh mediocre mediocre now um i didn't see jamie ben playing at a level that he has been so far this season so good for him even Jason Robertson has been a little bit of a surprise. <laughs> Obviously, he's a very good player, but I did not know he was a 57 points in like 40 game, 41 games or whatever good player. Um, but I agree, they are fun to watch now. Um, yeah,
0: and they've yeah. even had a couple of additions that helped them out, like Mason Marchman, Wyatt Johnston, and um, Nils Lundqvist. Those three have been big for them this season. All three of them have been good additions to their depth, so...
1: Yeah, and I, I was a little confused about the Lungfist trade, but I'll uh, get to see it's sort of working out for them so far. Yeah. Um, or I guess I guess it is their first in their division. Um, another maybe surprise is the Winnipeg Jets.
0: Yeah, they're definitely a surprise for me. I thought that they were going to be very, very bad this year. Um, I thought that they would actually be contending for, like, a Bedard around there, and they've been very good, which makes me happy. I know I chirp the city of Winnipeg a lot, but I genuinely like the team because their fan base is crazy good. Um, and, yeah, I, I just like Winnipeg, honestly, so I'm happy to see that they're – finally doing something there and i think again they are definitely a cup contender in my eyes i think the league has a lot of cup contenders so i don't know if saying a cup contender is like as valuable as it would be usually in other years because usually there's only a few real cup contenders i think this year there's probably like 10 honestly so but yeah they've been very good this year
1: yeah and this is another team that's had an unfortunate injury to a very strong piece uh, Nick Ehlers has missed a lot of time. He's back. He's producing again. He's one of the most exciting players to watch. So, yeah, Winnipeg hockey is is exciting right now again. Can we say the same about the Minnesota Wild?
0: Um, Minnesota, in my eyes, is just kind of
1: mediocre.
0: Um, I like Minnesota as well, but like, I mean, they're just kind of mediocre in my opinion. They have started. They started the season bad. They have kind of had a resurgence but to me i don't see minnesota as a team that's going to do much in the playoffs but it is fun to watch caprizov it is fun to watch zuccarello that duo together um but yeah I, otherwise i don't have much to say about minnesota
1: yeah if this team makes the playoffs i don't think they're doing anything <laughs> that's that's <laughs> sort of that's sort of my take on minnesota right now We'll we'll see uh, but I don't really have any thoughts on them. They're kind of just they're kind of just there. That's, <laughs> I, I also feel the same for Nashville. they're They're also kind of kind of just there. I mean, they are seven, one and two in their last ten, but you can say they are kind of below expectations right now. At least Nashville? I think so. Nashville, Yeah.
0: They definitely are below expectations. They're like, Nashville is a team that I thought was going to be like a sleeper team to come out of the West. Honestly, I thought that they were going to be very good. They've been not very bad, but very mid, as you said. They're on a four-game winning streak. They are 7-1 and 2 in their last 10. Maybe they're turning it around. Soros has been very, very good lately.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: I just don't think that they're going to be a team that has the capability to come out of the West anymore like I did think that they would be back in August.
1: Definitely um and yeah speaking of below expectations the colorado avalanche are sort of that but a lot of that has been injuries and just bad luck unfortunately for them yeah it's
0: kind of like the la rams and the nfl obviously not as bad but they have definitely taken a step back just because of a ton of injuries from their championship run uh landis i don't even think landis played a game this season yeah he has not played a game this apparently- season
1: apparently Apparently he's not close to returning either. Really? <laughs> From the last report I saw.
0: Yeah, he he's. They're definitely missing him because he's a very underrated piece of their team. And then McKinnon missed around I think twelve, thirteen games there. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Yorgiev has been a bit inconsistent. I feel like I know he's got a nine sixteen, but he's been very inconsistent. I feel like like I feel like one game he could have a nine seventy, and then the other game he could have like a seven ninety two.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Uh, They also had Nachushkin injured for a little bit, had, I think, a broken ankle to start the year, or suffered at the start of the year, and then has been sort of in and out since. That's also a huge loss. Um, But yeah, just all around, they've had, they've been plagued with injuries. I mean, at one point, they had, like, Sampo Ranta, and callahan burke or whatever in their lineup which is charles Houdon is in there like it's it's been a tough go for the avalanche in terms of injuries next we have the st louis blues
0: st louis is uh, probably around where i've had them in the offseason as well like i thought they were going to be a mid team that probably misses the playoffs in the west that's probably what's going to happen it doesn't help that o'reilly and tarasenko are both out for at least a month o'reilly's out for two months um. So yeah, that definitely hurts them. And then Bennington has just been very, very, very bad. Like, you know, what's bad when you're starting goaltender, who you're paying like six mil a year, is getting outplayed by Thomas Grice.
1: Um Yeah, and and his his gimmicks are so yeah. bad. Like when he when he uh, stiff armed uh, Zucker.
0: Yeah, his coach called him out on that and said that he yeah. just up and play hockey. Like that's how you know it's gotten to a point where like their team is just pissed off with Bennington already. A hundred
1: percent. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really have much to say for time's sake. I'll, i will skip the Blues. They're, kinda, they're also kind of just there. <laughs> In my opinion, I think the Arizona Coyotes have been above expectations. They definitely have. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, 13-21-5. I mean, you can't go wrong.
0: They've, they've gone on a couple of winning streaks too, and like they've just been a fun team to watch low-key. Like sometimes, obviously there's other times yeah. where they not fun to watch because they're still not a playoff team at all. But they've had their moments.
1: God, and shout out to Karev Melka. Yeah, he's a beauty. Holy fucking he's beast this beauty. year. Yeah. Um. Lastly, <laughs> they're on a heater two-game winning streak. Uh, beat my Calgary Flames, the Chicago Blackhawks.
0: I have genuinely nothing
1: to say. They're bad. They're just bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I. Uh, we'll leave it there. <laughs> now moving on to the Pacific Division. Uh, In first place are the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, Vegas
0: has been terrific, obviously. They've made the most of their situation with Robin Lehner being out. Logan Thompson has been great. He's an all-star. And Jack Eichel has been having a resurgence as well, like I think we all thought he would. Um, And yeah, Vegas has been very good, even with the fact that they've missed time with Shea Theodore and Petrangelo. Both of them have missed some time. Uh, Jack Eichel missed some time as well with a face injury they they've been good they've been able to persevere through their injuries this year and they, they are going to be a cup tender come april
1: yeah and this is another fun team to watch right now i kind of thought their management was going in a interesting direction when they traded away patch ready but here they are first in the pacific they've had a great year so far uh, i think we had a past Episode where we kind of discussed the uh, the Golden Knights management and if we thought they were going on the right track. Uh, here they are, 27 wins in 42 games, uh, 56 points first in the Pacific. Clear, to, clear to say that they've been good. Uh, any last thoughts on that?
0: No, but I do want to talk about the other team that starts with a loss, the Los Angeles Kings, who I was like the only one here who was saying that they're a legitimate contender in the league like i everyone and everyone in the nhl fan base was kind of just saying how they were like a pushover for edmonton last year first of all they brought edmonton to seven games so i don't think they were a pushover but you know i'm a big advocate for la so i got to stick up for the guys here and they've been very good right now as we are recording this episode they're up 3-1 on edmonton they might have just scored a fourth but I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, they've been good. I mean, everyone has exceeded expectations. I guess Kempe has kind of slowed down a bit, but everyone else has been exceeding expectations, and Phoenix Copley is on his way to be 11-2-0 if they win this game. So that why is he so good? I have no clue, but Phoenix Copley's out there winning them hockey
1: games. So Here's my point on goalies once again. <laughs> Here it is in practice again. <laughs> phoenix freaking copley with a el- almost 11 to an right over- like come on who needs to invest money on goalies if they're not top five anyways yeah kings kings are uh, so far so good this year um the fiala has been fantastic very fun to watch him uh like you said everyone is sort of exceeding expectations other than like you said campe who's on my fantasy team uh it's kind of been it's been an up and down year. <laughs> um now this is an interesting team. The Seattle Kraken. We have Martin Jones with a eight <laughs> like eight ninety-five or something, but he's like what nineteen five and two or something? Something like that. 185 and 3, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Let's talk about them for a second, because they've been a very strong offensive team which maybe not a lot of people saw coming i'm sure a lot of people saw them being a very good defensive team but they've had an offensive outburst this year
0: yeah and their thing in seattle is that they don't have a superstar but they have so many very good forwards like their team scoring is just spread out like they scored eight goals a few days ago and all eight were scored by a different player. Like, they just have scoring spread out, which is very, very valuable when you can have anybody in your lineup being a scoring threat. Uh, I mean, even right now, like, I'm looking, I think, like, their their 10th or 11th highest scorer is Bjorkstrand with 18 points. That's crazy that their 11th wow. highest scorer is around that area. Like they have just scoring from everywhere which is why they are a threat. I don't know if they're a cup threat this year but they are going to be a team that's not a pushover kind of like LA last year. They're not going to be a pushover in the playoffs for sure for whoever gets them.
1: Yeah, and I feel like I've seen Eli Tolvin and score a lot recently.
0: Yeah, he has been very good for them. I think he scored like he hasn't he's only gone into a few games but he's yeah. scored like half the games he's played I think.
1: Yeah, and uh Mattie is also having a fantastic year.
0: Yeah, he'll probably win the Calder, I would say.
1: That's the Kraken. <laughs> Next is, <laughs> oh boy, the, Cal- the Calgary Flames, who have lost to the Montreal Canadiens twice, have lost to the Chicago Blackhawks, and have lost to, I believe they lost to another, like, bottom feeder team that I can't really, oh yeah, the Blue Jackets. <laughs> this has been a very inconsistent team. I'm not, I have a lot of thoughts about them, I'll, maybe maybe not in this episode but uh, I'll get into at some point Uh, let's talk about their mediocrity right now
0: yeah I I, it's it's sad because like this team has the potential to be a cup contender in my eyes I've been saying I've said it for a while like they are a team that like in my opinion has all the assets to be a team that can contend for the cup but they're not going to do it this season like you can just tell what the way they're playing it's not going to happen they might not even make the playoffs um and yeah yeah it's just hard to kind of decipher why i know Markham has been very very bad i know huberto started off bad he's still kind of like not playing up to his contract there's just a lot of stuff with with calgary that's gone wrong this season i th- i think they'll squeak into a playoff spot but i just don't they'll be a threat just with the way they've been playing hopefully i'm wrong because i really like calgary but yeah i I think it's going to be just another year where they're just mid as hell
1: yeah i am not going to get into detail in this episode because we are uh we are running the time a little bit uh maybe i will we'll see but to sum it to some to basically summarize why i think they're in this position right now it's player utilization and how they are kind of treating the young guys, treating vet- veterans like Lucic, sort of, uh, I think that plays a role. I do think they are in a little bit of a transitionary period where you just have to question if Sutter is the right coach for that core group of guys, especially Jonathan Huberto, and shaky goaltending as well, and I think the lack of a top-nine scorer. Um, but not going to get into into a lot of detail, but I don't know. It's just... It's just a very, a very mid-year. Uh, I don't don't expect them to do any damage this year. Moving on to the uh, power play merchants. Edmonton <laughs> yeah. Oilers.
0: Yeah, Edmonton is just like, they were my team coming out of the West. They're definitely not anymore. Um, if they miss the playoffs in a year where McDavid is on pace for 150 points, bro, like that, that's oh. I think that's a fireable offense for Ken Holland if he, I don't even think you let Ken Holland step down as GM I think you fire him if <laughs> 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 putting up 150 points bro like oh that would be the biggest letdown in probably all of hockey like uh, yeah
1: yeah we'll you
0: contending be. for a cup bro they made the Western Conference Finals I know they got swept but Colorado was just a different beast so we'll let that slide they made the Western Conference Finals they were a top four team in the end NHL last year based off of playoffs and now they might not even make the playoffs like and i don't know like i love jack campbell why are you signing him to that contract he has been not good Stuart skinner has outplayed him and like even then jack campbell is not a guy in my opinion you want to be your starting goaltender in a canadian market we've talked about this before yep he he didn't do good in toronto under that media and he's not going to do it in edmonton either it's just it's just ugh, so many bad decisions by Ken Holland and I know they've been missing missingvanter Kane, who's a big piece of their team, but like it's just it's just bad to watch. like this team right now I'm watching them on my screen as we talk. They're down four one with Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl. you should be in games every single night. They just lost a game um a few days ago. To Colorado in overtime, they lost to the Kraken, they lost to the Jets, and they're not even trying in this game against LA. Like you, you're fighting for your life, and you're not even trying right now. It's just bad.
1: Yeah, I I don't know how you're gonna have McDavid and let that happen. Just unreal. I saw this I saw this graphic um, when they played the Kraken. It was basically the in order of top point scores. You had McDavid, Drysaddle. Lucjit Hopkins and Hyman I believe. And then you had the entire the entire Seattle Kraken forward group before you got to Derek Ryan. And that just goes to show how bad their depth scoring is. Oh my god. And and this is forwards only, I should uh say.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, um Evander Kane is fifth on their forwards for scoring. He has not played a hockey game since the beginning of November. <laughs> And he's fifth on their forward
1: <laughs> Oh, score. my God. And it's funny because they're probably going to go trade for, like, Vladislav Gavrikov, who <laughs> is a good player. But look at that forward <laughs> scoring. Are you kidding me right now? Wow. It's frustrating to watch because they just it have
0: is. potential with Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl on the same team. Like, are we ever going to see two top five players playing on the same team for this long? Like, they've been together for years and years, and they can't do anything
1: ever. <laughs> Maybe if they're on the power play all game. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I like taking shots at, uh, <laughs> at them being power play merchants because I feel like every time I see him score, it's just McDavid on the power play. But uh, I like to joke about that. But obviously, best player in the world. Uh, moving on to the Vancouver Canucks, who have uh, we've got some drama with uh, JT Miller and Bo Horvat.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I thought Vancouver this would be the year that they kind of make the playoffs. I had them as the first wild card spot. They're not making the playoffs. They're not. Nope. Yeah, they're not. And there's a ton of drama. This locker room kind of seems like it's divided between Bo Horvat and J T Miller. Obviously, I have no inside information, but just from all the reports and stuff, and like the fact that they chose J T Miller over Bo Horvat is just kind of seeming like they've kind of decided the direction they want to go in. I don't know if it's the right direction. They're also trying to trade Bo- Brock Besser for quite literally nothing. Um, which I think Brock Besser can be a top six forward on some teams, and you're trading him for nothing. Like th- that, They're literally saying they're prepared to get not much for Brock Besser. <laughs> so, I yeah. mean, they, they might lose Kuzmenko as well, who's been one of the only bright spots of their team. Like It's just bad for Vancouver.
1: Yeah, and uh, just coming from a, a fan's perspective, um, just watching the games, you can tell that JT Miller looks very disengaged. I'm sure everyone has seen the clip of him yelling at uh, Colin, who D- it? Colin Delia to get to the bench breaking or not breaking a stick, just slamming his stick on the uh, net. I think that's, uh, I think that's pretty pathetic. Um, <laughs> but uh, based on the reports, it, I just think it's in general, in general, pathetic, um, but huge, huge letdown year for the Canucks. I especially thought Bruce Boudreau would, Lead them to a better position than they are in now, but it's really not the case. From
0: reports, it just kind of seems like Rutherford didn't even want Boudreau from the beginning because he was actually hired by the owner before they hired even Rutherford. So it, it seems like Rutherford and and uh, Patrick Alvin don't even want Boudreau there. They're just kind of having to stick it out. I guarantee you, there's probably something going on with the owner saying no, don't fire him. We're not trying to waste money after just signing him to this contract. They'll probably let him ride out the season and then he'll be gone. Um, but yeah, it just seems like there's a ton of dysfunction between like the locker room and the management and coaching and everything. And um, it's even bad when like Thatcher Demko, who was supposed to be your starting goaltender, who was supposed to be sick, he has three wins on the season. I know he's been hurt, wow. but he's played 15 games, and he's only got three wins. So. Wow. <laughs> wow.
1: <laughs> that's kind of, kind of what I really have to say about that, because that's just... That's just insane. At least Pedersen's having a good year, eh? Yeah, he's, we, he's been, is Yeah, that's, that's a bright spot for one of the lone bright spots for Canucks and, fans. And he's, I mean, been good offensively. Oh man. yeah. Oh yeah. And, and it's, it's just an even more tricky situation with Horvat having the, I guess, career year on pace for a career year he's having right now. I mean, 29 goals midway through the season. Um, obviously a UFA, your captain is just a lot of drama in Vancouver right now. Yeah. Um, Next we move on to a team that has the opposite of drama. They're kind of just, you know, <laughs> vibing. I mean, uh Team Omira's in like rumor talks, but this is normal for a uh uh sort of <laughs> I guess rebuilding <laughs> bottom feeder team. I yeah. I don't know what I don't know what they're doing right now. But <laughs> these San Jose Sharks, uh 12-21 and 8, I don't think anyone's surprised.
0: Yeah, I mean, I didn't expect them to do anything. I mean, they're just contending for Bedard. As you said, they're just kind of chilling. I mean, it's fun to watch Eric Carlson, at least, have this resurgence here. I love Eric Carlson. It's, I'm happy for him. But other than that, like, there's nothing to watch San Jose Sharks hockey for. Um, fans are just kind of hoping that they can get a guy like Bedard to change their franchise around. But, yeah, I have nothing to say about San Jose. Like, there's not even, like, a building block season for them. It's just a bad year for them again.
1: Yeah, they're, they're not really uh, progressing towards anything uh I, I don't think i don't know it's kind of a uh and the it's thing weird that, they're just bad <laughs> they're just bad with big contracts
0: yeah the thing that's yeah that's what i was actually gonna say the thing that's so bad is their contracts are terrible which makes it so they have to let they basically have to trade timo meyer um yeah. they're forced to because of the contract situation they're in and timo meyer is like one of the only bright spots on their forward core. he has 40 and 41 and you're gonna to have to trade him because he's basically not gonna to want to stay unless you offer him a ton of money because he knows he's two years away from UFA. He can get that money in free agency, so he's probably gone from San Jose after this year.
1: And I want to give a shout out to Timo Meyer for being an absolute fantasy god. Had him last year off of waivers, drafted him this year. He's just a he's a beast, dude. Absolute remember- beast in fantasy. Sorry,
0: you for taking him so early this year. I was like, I don't know if he's gonna do it again, but he's yeah.
1: Been- no, he, he's got great peripherals, even if he's not uh, necessarily scoring. But I got that sack with Carlson this year. Absolutely unreal. Moving on to the Anaheim Ducks. <laughs> um, another Cali team.
0: Yeah, uh, a- anyone who knows me personally knows I've been rooting for Anaheim to get Bedard. I really want them to win the Bedard sweepstakes just because I'm a big fan of California hockey. You guys know I'm a big Cali guy. Um, and also just because of how fun it would be to watch. Like imagine a team with Zegras, Terry, McTavish. Um, they got Perot in the AHL. They got Drysdale. They got Mintikov. And then you add Connor Bedard on that. Like they would be a cup contender for the next decade plus. So yeah, they've been very bad. Like they've been, they've probably been just as bad as Chicago. They've just been unlucky that they've been passed in the standings, of uh, the Bedard standings by Columbus and Chicago now. So they're actually third worst in the NHL. Uh, I think by the end of the season, it'll just be them in Chicago down at the bottom. But, yeah, Anaheim is just kind of a year where they're just vibing. They're just going to let Zegers do his thing. And, yeah, they're just trying to basically get as good of a pick as possible.
1: Yeah, I do think they need to fire Dallas Eakins though, because so bad. he's not good for player development, like especially on the defensive side.
0: I do want to reword. I don't. He. I, I said he's terrible. He's not a terrible coach. Just because from everything I've heard, any player who's played for Dallas Eakins has loved Dallas Eakins. So I don't think he's terrible. Like as a person, I'm sure the players all love him because I've only heard good things about him from the players. But as a fan watching his teams play, he he's not. Like he's not an NHL coach in my opinion. I think he'd be a great AHL coach where they don't really play defense down there, anyways get the boys to, you know, be happy with their coach, a ton of good for morale for young players down in the minors. But I I don't think he should be coaching at the NHL level.
1: Yeah, and and you say that from a fan's perspective, and even from, like, objectively looking at his record. I mean, he has been coaching bad teams, but there's a reason he's coaching bad teams. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, definitely, definitely my opinion not really – fit for an NHL head coach position. Um, yeah.
0: I, I just wanted to get it out there because I do know people personally who have played for him, players who have yeah. played for him, and they, they do love him as a human being. But I'm just saying as an NHL coach, I'm not sure about him coaching this Ducks team past this year or even past the deadline, I would say maybe.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I, uh, I definitely agree with that. I think it would be the best uh, decision for their future player development. I'm going to throw you a quick curveball here. All uh right. we didn't we didn't discuss this but I know you want to talk about it. We're t- we're talking about Matt Murray's 44 save game versus Dallas. 5.9 was it? Goal saved above expected. Yeah. <laughs> Go was, off. Go uh, off. Let's just hear you.
0: I need to say it, bro. 44 save shutout and Matt Murray is not a goalie who gets shutouts often. Like he can have a game where he makes 40 saves but he just lets in a goal. He just ruins the shutout. Um, but he got the shadow in that game. I was very happy watching it. I know it's been a long time since that game has happened, but I just got to say to the people who have been, who were hating on me all off season, like, come on now, Matt Murray behind a good team. He's a guy who's capable of a nine fifteen plus, plus. And right now he's at a nine 16. I think he'll get above a nine 16 by the end of the season. He had a little slump, um, where he was, where he was bad. Uh, but I think he's got more good games than bad games in Toronto and I'm I'm happy to see it. I'm very happy to see it.
1: And that was uh was that the best goal save above expected in the modern, modern era?
0: Yeah, ever since the stat has been recorded. Stick has... it
1: to him, Pano. Stick <laughs> it to him. Holy <laughs> Unreal. Um with that we'll end it off there. I'll let you uh have the outro. Yeah, thank you guys for listening. If you've
0: noticed my voice, it's because I was actually out down in Gatineau this weekend partying a bit, so that's why my my, <laughs> my voice is <laughs> screwed up all episode. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm just happy to get this pod going. Hopefully we can get it consistently again, especially with the deadline coming up. And, you know, I've had a lot of guys asking for us to, to bring it back. So, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And, uh, yeah, that's
1: it. All right, well uh see you in the next one hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs>